Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please, come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Disney Bit Radio Show. Uh, thank you once again for joining us. Well, joining us includes me and Alan. Hello, Alan. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad considering. Not too bad considering. Yeah. Considering. And we'll come to that a little bit later. Um, it's uh, episode... Go on, guess. 136. 73. Okay. <laughs> I've got no idea. 173, so how many we've done? Plus 13 bite size. Yeah, so we're kind of. So we've managed to waffle for near on 200 episodes. Not far from that, because I suppose we did Mouse Vent one year. Oh, yeah, we had those on top, and then. So, yeah, basically, we're the kings of talking utter tripe. Yeah. That's pretty good going. So. But, but guys, it seems to be working. It does seem to be working. We, we've, uh, we're back again. I know we've uh, only had a show every two weeks recently, and there's uh, kind of reasons for that and things that have happened. So uh, um, we are back on schedule, and uh, we will be back to our weekly show. So this week is a full Disney Brit Radio show, and of course we've got another Bite Size coming up next week. So as it's the first full Disney Brit show uh, that we've done for some time, let's just uh, tell you what it is that's going on this week. We're going to be doing some news and rumours, as we always do at the top of the show. We're going to be talking a little bit about our adventure with the Disney Bit running team that happened a week yeah a week ago wow yeah a week ago and um, it's got, I say it's gone quick but it feels like forever ago yeah no. it does feel like forever ago so um, that was a week ago so we'll talk to that about that as well and after a bit of a break over the summer we are bringing back Disney's Ultimate Attractions we've got eight pairings for you which uh, we're now in that second round and we've got some really juicy ones and some really interesting results that have come up uh, from that so that's kind of what we're going to be doing with the show this week which is yeah. pretty good um, before we get into the show yep do you want to uh, talk yes I'll do my talk do your talk I'll turn that down um, the, the, re- the reason I said at the beginning of the show that I'm alright considering um, on the 16th of September my father passed away and it's it's still a little bit raw to us you know it's still unbelievable that Sort of my parents, who I thought was going to be there forever, you know, he was he was young, fit, well, young at eighty-two years old. Yeah. Um, he was sort of very active. The week before he died, he was up up ladders at the front of the house, painting frames, etc. And you know, he 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 didn't sort of let life hold him back. He was always geared up for doing most things. And my um, dad had had a couple of knee operations and knee replacement. He, He'd, he'd, he'd had a heart issue, but unfortunately, um, he had a heart attack and he passed away. Um, his funeral was only just the other day, and that is one of the reasons why we didn't have a show last yeah. week. Yeah, it is. Um, because it was a bit too, you know, emotional. Um, but one of the things I wanted to just say is that it was without my father. You know, he, he was hard working. He always did signs and 
brought, set up our family business, which has now enabled me to continue on and sort of fund several Florida holidays. He originally did a job for a company that was based in Newcastle that was called Pure Value USA. They'd set themselves up as a, a specialist in doing Florida holidays. And this was sort of before you can get these easy off-the-shelf package holidays for Florida. Mm. And this, this company had sort of gone out and found um, car hire companies that wasn't necessarily just Hertz and Avis, you know, it was smaller companies um, because it was he was actually going to have to hand-select these places rather than just on our easy off-the-shelf options. And we, we sort of Disney near Rizzo Beach, which is on the Atlantic coast and only about two and a half hours away from Disney World. And one of the first mornings in Florida, we had um, we woke up at crazy o'clock in the morning, as you always do, watching the hours of TV that we didn't know what on earth we were watching. It was, a, it was actually a, a dial tune thing on the TV, so you had to spin a dial to find the TV channels, yeah. which was a bit weird. Um, but he sort of got waited for the, the breakfast facilities to be open and went outside, stood outside the front door. The heat was building up and we weren't used, used to the humidity, which we, you now take for granted when you go over to Florida because you, you know what you're going to expect. Mm. But the humidity was something that we'd never really ex- experienced before. And we went in and collected our breakfast and came back with a tray of various American breakfast items. And on that plate was American pancakes, which, again, we'd never experienced before, never had, and several cups of fresh orange juice. And because he was so thirsty, what he did is he picked up one of the cups of fresh orange juice and downed it in one. The only problem was, this wasn't a cup of fresh orange juice. It was actually melted butter to pour Oh, in no. <laughs> so our first experience of American pancakes was uh, my dad drinking melted butter followed by a cup of fresh orange juice? <laughs> but uh, no, it's, it's it was without without him. I don't think I would have got so involved with Disney World and um, just just little things. When we used to go, Disney World smelt of fresh paint everywhere you went uh, because they were constantly sort of refurbishing it and constantly touching up any paint damage, and it was just spotlessly clean. And that's what my dad um, loved about Disney and Florida generally. The, the cleanliness and the the bright colours and just just the atmosphere that was is over there. So without him, I dare say I wouldn't be doing this right now. Well, there you go. Thank you very much. But well, um, you know, we we've been thinking about you, and I know it's not an easy thing to deal with, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, we've talked about we, it a lot off off, off air, so uh, I don't, we don't necessarily need to say too much yeah. now. But, but um, th- thanks for everyone that's given all the, the condolences. Yeah, the, yeah, it's been great. Right. Should we do some news? Might as well. Let's do some Disney Brit news and rumours. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Okay, then it's time to do some rumours. We've got some four bits of news for Alan. What is on the news roster? Um, changes are coming to Hollywood. Paycoff's Bill doesn't like his menu. Oh, Memory Maker's just got more magical. 
and Disney Springs into life. I like that one. Did you like that? It's good yeah, that one, isn't it? <laughs> right, go on then. Start us off with your first piece of news. What we got going on? Right. Okay. Well, we we sort of were talking about the changes that come to Hollywood Studios a few uh, weeks ago. And yes. And we we did touch upon the idea that there's going to be a lot of changes coming that we're not necessarily looking forward to because of the amount of land that's going to have to be repurposed. And Disney have now announced some of the things that are going to be going. Yes. Um, some of them that are not necessarily physically there all the time, but have been sort of given the axe. What they've got now is they've now said that 2015 is going to be the last year for the Osborne Lights. Boo. They're going to be getting taken out of... Um, is it the Streets of... Streets America? of America, yeah. I personally have never seen them, and I would have loved to. It looks fantastic. It looks amazing. It looks as though it's going to really sort of set off that Christmas spirit. Sadly, it's going. Also, they've announced that Mulch, Sweat and Shears will be sort of leaving Hollywood Studios too in October. Yeah, so we've had a few changes, haven't we? Things that are disappearing. Mulch, Sweat and Shears have been there for years. Years yeah. and years. And I know that I've at least seen them for, whew, I'm going to say, probably 10 years. Yeah, it's got to be. I, I remember seeing them on the main stage at the uh, just outside the Chinese theatre. Uh, a lot of kind of evening events and things like that. Yeah. It was great. And I, I, I know they've, they've got to say goodbye to some stuff to free up some space. And yeah. It, it's not, I don't think this is about money saving. It's just about logistics. Well, I think, you know, it's it's fairly likely the Streets of America is, is disappearing here. Um, you know, they've got to make space for the new Star Wars stuff that's going in and the changes to Pixar. So I would guess it's a rejig of the whole area and uh, it's purely for the fact that Osborne doesn't have anywhere it can go anymore once they uh, get rid of Streets of America. It's that yeah. simple, really. It would be nice if they put it in downtown Disney. Yeah, it would be cool if they put it down there, but it, I think it's so overwhelming the idea is there's so many lights it just yeah i think if you put it in downtown disney you'd have you won't be able to get in anywhere because it covers everything but it is sad to see that it's going and it, it is quite an interesting story i don't know if anybody kind of knows the story about osborne family lights how it how it came to disney and what happened with it some people do <laughs> so it's to so do with the Osborne family who uh, I forget off the top of my head which part of America it was that they lived in but what they used to do is they used to put they put some lights up outside their house and people would come and see them and each year they would add to it more and more and more and more and more and suddenly it became this light extravaganza it was absolutely massive and people would travel yeah. from miles and miles and miles around to come and see the Osborne family spectac spectacle of lights um, and it would cause traffic jams and snarl ups and all this sort of stuff and basically in the end it got to a point where they couldn't run it anymore so Disney bought all of the lights and everything from them and yeah. then we had the Osborne family spectacle of light inside uh, Hollywood Studios so that's, that's kind of why it's got the name that it has because it originated from a family who built it all up and then Disney took it off them basically yeah um, and it was, it's nice that Disney did that but it's just sad that if it doesn't get repurposed it's just going to get lost yeah into the of one of those kind of things that just become part of Disney folklore and Disney history, doesn't it? Yeah. It'd be nice if they just trail it over the Millennium Falcon instead. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. There's no way in a million years they're putting lights over the Millennium Falcon. Sorry, it's just not happening. No, that, what's, that, what's that big um, dog-style robot thing that they've got? Is it an Atat? The Atat, yeah. 
Yeah, they're not putting it on no. that either. It's not happening. From there to the Millennium no, Falcon. no, it's not happening. They're not doing it. I'm not letting them. No. Well, let's head over to the Magic Kingdom then. And uh, Pecos Bill. We all know Pecos Bill. And it's very famous for a lot of stuff, including its burgers and its fixings bar and all this sort of stuff. Well, it seems that that is actually going to disappear because there is a new menu believed to be coming to Pecos Bills that's going to contain things like fajitas, burritos, and rice bowls. And uh, this is going to be happening very, very soon. The 28th of September, uh, it closes, and uh, it's going to be closed until the 30th of September. So this is literally, if you listen to this on the Monday, it's just closed. And um, it's going to reopen on the uh, 31st of... No, there's not a 31st of September. The 1st of October... <laughs> If it reopens on the 31st of September, so it's gone horribly wrong. On the 1st of October, and uh, it's going to contain fajitas, burritos, rice bowls, all those sort of things. And stuff like your barbecue pork sandwich, your burgers, your short ribs, all that sort of stuff may not be there anymore. They may be completely disappearing. So oh, it's yeah. going to be this new look Mexican style menu. I don't know what I think about this. I'm, I'm thinking, why why bother changing it? We've got two to, uh, tavern just round the corner down by Pirates of the Caribbean that does your fajitas and all that sort of stuff, does your very Mexican fare. So I'm kind of intrigued as to why they've gone for a very similar menu here when it's only three, four minutes walk down the path. Yeah. Unless there's going to be something else changing further around the corner. Which there could be. There's a possibility that's going to happen. But I didn't see why they would. And I know Tortuga Tavern's only kind of very seasonal. It's not always open. And Pecos Bills is open all the time. That might be the reason. I don't know. But I just find it really bizarre that what is the reason why a lot of people go to Pecos Bills is going to possibly be disappearing. I think, um, did they used to have some sort of tortilla bowl that they got rid of? Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, but it looks like that might be coming back with some sort of yeah. rice bowl thing. So I don't know. Rice bowl doesn't sound exciting, does it? No, rice bowls don't sound anywhere near as exciting as tortilla bowls and with chilli and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm sure that's what it was. It used to be a tortilla bowl with chilli and stuff. Yeah. In it. My wife had it. She used to love that. So, it's opening on the 1st of October, and we don't know exactly what the menu is going to be, but we are assuming it's going to be something very Mexican-inspired. So we will let's find hope, out. Let's hope they don't steal the um, Toppins bar. Yeah, fingers crossed that that might stay and they might get something like that. We don't know. Okay, what's going on uh, with yours then, Alan? Um, right, okay, well... I'll, I'll tell where this story sort of originated from. Okay, go on then. My, my wife the other night said, did you know that the memory maker is going to be free in 2016? And I was like, you what? what? And she said, it's, it's going to be included in packages next year. I said, nah, sure up. I've never heard that. And to be honest, I've not heard it shouted about or mentioned in any news articles at all. So, as me and Adam are sort of putting this together tonight, we thought, well, I'll go and see if my wife is just talking a lot of rubbish or not. And it turns out that if you're booking a Disney package from, at least from the UK, that's the only bit I can confirm it from, where we get our Ultimate Disney Tickets packages. What's it called? 14 Day Ultimate Ticket. Yeah. Um, on top of all the usual stuff that we get added on top of these tickets, and actually, it's I'm gonna I'm gonna have a look to see. The, looks like ah right okay well that makes sense. What we used to get was a gift card. It is, yeah. You used to get like a $50 gift card, didn't you? Yeah. I think it was $100. Yeah, it might have gone up since I last did the, did the gift card. It was 50 I remember, when I did it last. But yeah, you might be right. It's gone up to 100 something like that. Right, okay, well, we, we got $100 last year. 
Well, it turns out that what it looks like on the packages for 2016 is that it looks like they've removed the gift card and they've put in the free the memory, memory maker, which, as it says on the on the website, have your magical holiday moments captured without anyone having to step in, step out of the picture to take it. Enjoy all the Disney Photo Pass photographer pictures you want during your stay, including attraction photos. You'll get digital copies to share, download, and keep okay. forever. So, the the, the non-cynical person in me says, "Yeah, uh, this is great. What a brilliant idea! People can keep their memories, all that sort of stuff. That's fantastic. How brilliant is that? That's really nice." Yeah. The cynical side of me says, "Well done, Disney. I think you pay ninety-nine dollars for this in advance, so you've already saved a dollar." And also, if we think about how much it costs them for Memory Maker in regards to how much it costs if they actually sent over $100 worth of merchandise, it's actually giving something, but actually costing Disney less than it would have done with the $100 gift card. Well, when you say cost them less, this is, this is if, if I was really cynical, I would say that you're going around the park, and regardless of if you've paid in for the Magical, Ex Magical Express, uh, memory maker or not, yeah, you get those photos. photographs taken, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, you are. And if you want to, you can view them online, which again is free of charge. Yeah. But the only difference is you can now download them, which it doesn't really make any difference to Disney at all. No, there's no additional cost implication here. If anything, it's saving the money. So, um, yeah. So literally, as we read, as I was reading that out, I then found out the the reason why we've now got that freebie. But to be fair, we had bought it on our last holiday. Yeah, and I, I actually liked the the, um, the memory maker, and I think they were well. I had a lot. And I think you are, if you've got it, you're more likely to hunt out the people who the, the photo pass photographers on you. Yeah, I'm. You're saying it was right. Okay, according to this, if I did an advance purchase, it's one hundred and seventy dollars. Right. If if I bought it while I was there, it's going to be one hundred and eighty nine dollars. So what's that? Oh, either way, you know, it's, it's a potential saving if, if it's something that you were going to buy anyway. Yeah, I think from a, a point of view of what they're off Disney are offering a guest, it looks like a massive saving. It's like, that's actually really good. It's $170 here that I'm saving that I would have probably spent if I'd have got it. But what I'm saying is from the Disney point of view, it's actually, it's costing them less by giving you something that's in yeah. theory a higher value. Yeah. Saying that even even the uh, even the um, the gift card costs them less as well because you rent Disney and you're buying Disney products. You are, but there's at least a cost implication in buying in the merchandise that you're going to spend. That's, that's you know. true, or, or food or whatever yeah, you're buying. Whereas the cost implication of giving you a free memory maker isn't anywhere near the same because, like you say, they're still going to have those photographers there whether you're getting memory maker or not. Yeah, that's true. So. so. If you're going on holiday next year, have a look at that. To, you don't need to buy that. No, because hopefully you get it free in your package, which is good. Okay. I don't know when it starts, but this was, we basically done a quick search online, and it was a summer holiday for next summer. Yeah. Don't know how early that that kicks in. Right. So it might might be good starting in January. It might be a bit later in the year. I don't know. We'll find out. We'll keep you informed if anything changes with that. 
Right, let's head to downtown Disney because, uh, well, I say we head to downtown Disney. I don't think we are heading to downtown Disney because in a couple of days' time, Disney organising a press event, actually on the 29th of September, which is going to include a moment where they officially change the name of downtown Disney to Disney Springs. It isn't quite clear as to kind of how extensive this name change is going to be, whether it's going to take over the entire area or whether it's still just going to be part of it. Uh, but what we are expecting is that Disney are going to announce this official name change in this particular area obviously we've got the boathouse open we've now got the indiana jones area that the hangar bar open so things are starting to go um a change over at disney springs so it's only about time that they're going to change that name the landing area is pretty much near completion so uh, we're kind of wondering what they're going to announce but we are expecting that they're going to definitely say here is disney springs this is the area and this is when officially it's all going to be completed and open and done um i must admit from the photos i have seen so far of disney springs it does look fantastic it just looks so well themed um yeah. and i really like the look of, of how they've done it all um but i'm I kind of intrigued yeah, we, we went there this year, and I've got to say that the majority of what was downtown Disney yeah. is it's hard to recognize where you've been. Yeah. You know, it looks as though it's, it's a brand new area. Apart from West Side, you know, it's, it still looks a bit like West Side, um, but it's obviously expanded. Mm. But I think that the, the next section of when they're starting to do the building, which is, I don't know what it's called. I'm not even going to guess at the name of the section, but it's um, it's basically over the car park that they got rid of. Right, okay. It's um, not that, no, it's in, not Hyper, I want to say Hyperion Wharf, but that was the old name, wasn't it? Yeah. What happened to that? What happened to that? Where did that go? Yeah. They, they, could, they could have included that into the I thing, but they, they, they decided to scrap it. But, but yeah, so I, I think it's going to be fantastic. And, you know, next year it's going to be even better to go down and see it. If you're going this year, there's plenty of stuff that's opening. And I think that... Is it called Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar? Jock... Yeah, jock something. Yeah, something like that. Hang about. It's Indiana Jones. Yeah. Um, looks like that's going to be quite fun to go to. Yeah, it looks good. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. The it's. I'm glad to see that it's changed. You know, because you say you didn't recognise it because the year before I didn't recognise where I was because everything was just green fences. Yeah. And it was a nightmare to get anywhere and do anything. So it's so good to see this area rejuvenated and changed. And you know, fingers crossed, it's going to be for the better. And there's going to be some really great stuff down there. So be good really looking forward to seeing that so that'll be good right uh refurbs then let's start off with walt disney world uh liberty tree Tavern's currently closed for refurbishment and it is until the 19th of november the polynesian resort is under refurbishment forever pretty much <laughs> the pool is currently uh under refurbishment as is carolina springs uh per Primeval World, that's closed until the 12th of November. Uh, if you want to go to Characters in Flight, that reopens on the 2nd of October. We've obviously already talked about Pecos Bill being closed. Blizzard Beach closes on the 4th of October, that's closed until the beginning of January. And just some advance warning, the 12th of October all the way to the 20th of November, the Walt Disney Wa Rail Road, oh, I nearly said Whale Road then. Jonathan Rail Moss. Road. Uh, is closed. Uh, Flights of Wonder also closes on the 5th of October. That's closed for a month until the 5th of November as well. And I think that is everything pretty much uh, that's going to be closed for a, a lengthy period uh, for now. But um, not too many closures at the moment if you're heading over there, so that's really good. What's happening in Disneyland Paris? Um, Disneyland Paris, we've got um, quite a few closures to be honest in the Disneyland Park. We've got the Disneyland Railroad's going to be closed mm -hmm. all month. All month, wow. All month. Um, it's a small world that's going to be closed all month. So, you know, all October, those two 
I don't know, popular attraction that people always go to. Yeah. Gone. Um, Prince, the Princess Pavilion, the first and the second, it's going to be closed. The Princess Pavilion is closing? Yeah. What are they doing? Are they putting another princess in? Have they got a new one? Have we got like, we've got Anna and Elsa and Rapunzel. Are we going to have like a Princess Felicity or something coming in? I don't know. Maybe it's the character actor Union said they've got to go strike. <laughs> so it is. <laughs> Fine, yeah. fair enough. Indiana Jones, at Le Temple du Peril. Very good, like it's it. It's going to be closed first and the second. Yeah. Which, you know, that's quite a short closure. Hang on a second. I'm just going to double check my information here. All right, it's been closed since the 21st of September. Well done for keeping up. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to double check these as well. Casey Jr., Le Petit Train de Cirque. Yeah. Oh, that's been closed since the 28th of September till the 16th of October. Yeah. That's always closed. That's rarely open. No, it's, it's normally open when I'm there. If although and, it, did get, know, it did get closed down due to somebody being pretty much on the track, but um, yeah, yeah, still that might be why it's closed. They might have realised they've got to do something safety-wise for that. Yeah. Put a big fence up. Yeah. Although people like to climb fences in Disneyland Paris. And if uh, Casey Junior Le Petit Dream de Cirque is closed, what else would be closed? Um, the Pays de Conde de Fée. Yep, that's closed 28th until the 16th as well. Um, but can't close one without the other. So maybe no. they've just closed the tunnel under the You're bridge. closing me, I'm closing you. <laughs> yep. Um, Discoveryland Theatre, Sneak Peaks. Um, that's not French, by the way. That <laughs> is going to be closed. Why did you do it in a French accent? Sneak Peak. Sneaky Peaky. Sneaky Peaky. Um, 12th to the 31st. Yep. And that is all that's closed at Disneyland Park. Over at Walt Disney Studios. So everything is closed. Don't go to Disneyland Park. Nothing's open. Um, oh, this is a bad one, really. Go on. Trisha's Coaster is going to be closed until the 2nd. It's been closed since the 14th of September. Okay. Um, Lights, Motors, Action. I don't know it's called that. It's called Motor Action Stunt Show Spectacular. That <laughs> uh, is closed the 5th to the 16th of, of October. Sorry. Yeah. And the art of animation is going to be closed the twelfth to the sixteenth of October. Good stuff. Is what, it, what is French for October? Octobre. All right, it's just a bit of a at the end. <sighs> September. I don't know what it is. I should have done more French at school, shouldn't I? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That might be a good idea. Okay, so that's My everything. Then, is it? Amazing. That yes, I can do Spanish. Por favor, mantengas el hadro de las puertas. I'm not going to ask you. Please stand clear of the doors. Or if you're on the ferry boat, por favor, mantengas el hadro de las escalator. Please stand clear of the stairs. Ah. There you go. Um, that's about as good as my Spanish gets. So is that, that what you're going to say when you're barging through a bar and you're running it's, upstairs to the it's, toilet? It's whenever I'm at school and uh, and I walk into a Spanish lesson and I go, Ah, por favor, mantengas el hadro de las puertas. I do that and the kids go, oh, You know Spanish, what does it mean? And I go, well, obviously, please stand clear of the doors. And they go, <laughs> why do you know that? And I go, um, just do. Bye. Because people are always in front of the doors, I can't, admit, right? I can't admit that once upon a time I was on a monorail train with Craig Duncan and he challenged me to learn the Spanish before we got to the Magic Kingdom. Um, I can't tell that story because that any street cred that I have, the slither of street cred I still have in school, uh, will just be gone forever. So, you know, can't ever tell him that, can I? I think you're a hero. <laughs> I am a hero. 
<laughs> Look at me. In your own world. In my own little world, I'm a hero. Anyway. Uh, right, so that is all the news and rumours. I think it's time to move on to this. Okay. So Disney Rip Running Team music, and the reason we got the Disney Rip Running Team music on is because a week ago, myself, Alan, and Stephen all went and attempted something called Rock Solid, which is a mud obstacle, 10k. Uh, we did it for Caldwell Children, and uh, we're raising money for um, Caldwell Children by doing all these run events, as you probably know. And uh, we did this, uh, the three of us, last Saturday. Just want to say a massive thank you to all the people who have sponsored us. We're currently at £355, which is absolutely fantastic. I don't think we've uh, said a thank you to the last couple of people who have sponsored us. I have to say a thank you to my mum, who sponsored us, which was really nice of her. And also, I want to say a massive thank you to Anonymous, who, who donated 20 quid. And they're anonymous. I've no idea who they are, but thank you. We love you. You're amazing. But next time, you can put your name on it. You don't have to be embarrassed about. Well, that's maybe that's what it is. They're embarrassed about the fact that they they um they sponsored us. Maybe no, I don't. Maybe, maybe it was a, another Disney podcast. Do you reckon? Well, thank you, you wonderful, wonderful person, whoever you are. Um, but anyway, yes, we did rock solid uh, last week, which was. I don't know whether Alan's going to agree. The most immense fun I have had in a long time. I would I would agree that you know it, it I was very scared at first, but yeah. when I got into it, the, the team event made it all worthwhile. It was just absolutely. We, we, we've never obviously never done one of these before, um, and we didn't really know what to expect or to anticipate. We kind of just kind of turned up thinking this will be a bit of fun, and we'll give it our best shot, best we possibly can, and um, it just yeah. Covered in mud, absolutely head to toe covered in mud. I've never been that dirty before in my life. There was one thing called the muddy dunk, which was literally you got into a mud puddle and you submerged yourself underneath the water under a, a log and came out the other side and head to toe covered in mud. Absolutely. But it was just brilliant. It, and I'm already thinking about what my next one's going to be already. I've not even... <laughs> we've only just finished this last one. I think, I think Adam's looking for just a mud run, not necessarily any... Yeah, I, no, don't give him any running. Just give me mud. I'll just do mud. Um, but, you know, we did this obviously for Caldwell Children, and we just wanted to sort of tell you a little bit about what it was that we did and how it went. So we, we kind of turned up. It was just by Silverstone uh, Racetrack in uh, Northamptonshire. And we registered and uh, got ourselves all ready to go. And the obstacles... There were some very interesting obstacles, wasn't there? Yeah. It was... Um, it. I don't know when, when this. this well, let's just start at the very start of the um, the race, right? Okay. Yeah. We're in the warm up area, and we we arrived quite early for the yeah. warm up. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And um, we're the first people sort of standing near this pen. No one seems to be stepping inside it, and Adam sort of edging forward. And right in the middle of the warm up area is a pile of mud. The mud looked like cow dung. It looked rotten. It was kind of clay, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was it was grey, but it was a bit green on the inside. <laughs> and you know, I'm, I'm selling the picture, right? And it stunk. We can't deny that it stunk. Yeah, it did smell. And uh, we did all our warm-ups, and the guys say, "Right, okay, everyone, go on, everyone, climb into the mud pile and grab a handful of mud and throw it at each other." Yeah. And the only person that seemed to be in the middle of the mud pile was Adam. Everybody else looked at each other and went, <laughs> "No, I don't want to get any mud on me." So what are you doing? 
So, uh, yeah, started off with a lot of mud that um, everyone was trying to avoid. And then it proceeded to include running and climbing over hay bales, and then there was water we had to wade through. And the mud didn't come straight away. The mud took a little while to get there. We had a, a big log carry, which we had to carry this massive log up and down a hill. And uh, we're just going to say this now. Stephen picked up the biggest log he could find, thinking, yeah, this I'm well odd. I can do this. And every time we got to the top of a hill, I had to put the log down and resulted in me having to carry the log, the second half of the log carry, this massive thing. You've never seen anything like it in your life. It was ridiculous. But I got to the bottom of the hill with this massive log on my shoulder and the people stood there waiting. And I just dumped it down on the floor in front of these people and went, you don't want to carry that. And they just went, have you just carried that all the way around? And I just went, yep. And then walked off. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, you're true. a glory stealer. <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, he couldn't carry it anymore. So, um, but we had we had fun on walls, six foot walls. I've discovered I can I can hurdle and jump up and climb over a six foot wall by myself. I have the bruises to prove it, and I mean, I seriously, I had the bruises to prove it. Absolutely covered. My left arm, from about my armpit down to just past my elbow, was black and blue. Absolutely yeah. covered. In fact, it's it's still kind of there now. Yeah, I still got a few bits on me now. Um, and then I managed to about cut my entire stomach off climbing over yeah. an eight foot wall. It looked as though you'd had a hysterectomy. It didn't look a little bit like that. So that's that's healing now as well. But the so some of the obstacles were great. We had water slides, which um, <laughs> at the big second water slide, poor Stephen came off much worse than we expected he would. Uh, as we expected, monkey bars were a failure. Well, for me, they were a failure. Alan, you got about three rungs across, didn't you? Three rungs, you're selling that shot halfway. Halfway, okay, there we go. You got halfway across, I failed, and basically back planted onto the floor. Stephen was, Stephen was too busy caressing body parts that were injured um, during that bit. And uh, yeah, I just brilliant. The best Which, fun. One of, one of the things, like, bear in mind that my, my, my dad had just passed away a couple yeah. of days prior, and we were sort of very unsure when I was going to do this. So yeah. It was like, right, hey, well. When I've been running while my dad had been in hospital on his last days, the running sort of cleared my head, mm. kept me going, and it sort of seemed to sort of let me cope a bit better. So, we, we on one of the obstacles, we climbed on top of a shipping container. Oh, which, yeah. Which then sort of had a bit of a springboard off the end of it into a lake. Now, we're just jumping a distance of about 12 foot to the water below us. Now, bear in mind, I don't really like dropping. I don't like Tower of Terror. I don't like jumping off a high man or a diving board that's any more than a foot off the water. But because we were all there as part of a team, and Adam jumped in first, like a crazy schoolboy, Stephen then jumped in, I just followed in. It was just something I had to do, and I think if it was me by myself, I wouldn't have tackled that myself, because it was the heights fear, it was, it was just the whole unknown aspect, but it was, it was great fun getting stuck under the water and feeling like I was going to drown in my shoes and shorts. <laughs> it was quite scary, really. It was uh, It was a little bit unknown when you went in, wasn't it, about what's going to happen? Yeah, swimming with your clothes on. Every, everyone managed to do it. There were safety people there, so, you know, it was, it was, it was a good, good fun event. Um, I'm trying to think what else there was in terms of obstacles. 
there was uh, uh, one where you had two wires that you had to hang between, uh, oh, yeah. and you had to get across a load of water. And I was stood there, and there were there were three people in front of me, and there was one girl right at the front who was a little bit slow. And I was starting to get a little bit impatient because I was like, okay, she's taking forever now. This this is ridiculous. She's not really going anywhere. So she got off and I was like, right, my turn. Off we go. And I went at quite a pace to start off with. And I ended up wobbling the rope a little bit too much. And there were two girls in front of me who both simultaneously lost their balance and both simultaneously face-planted into the water. <laughs> and I was like... The thing is, you know, sometimes when things like that happen, you know, you turn away and try to look like it wasn't you and you don't know what happened. Well, at this point, I was hanging from two wires and over a lake and I can't really go, that wasn't me, because I was the only other person on the wire at the time yeah. the two fell off. Do you were like, oh, I'm really sorry. You're going to have to walk out now. I'll just carry on. It's fine. Um, yeah. They were good. There was, um, you had to walk across the... Um, flat pieces of wood over the water as well they kind of wobbled to be honest for me we're a little bit too stable if i'm honest i thought they could have done we wobbling a little bit more than they did yeah um i managed to fall over tw nearly fall over twice uh, i managed to successfully stop myself from falling over which was good um, but one of the things i really liked about it is how everybody helped each other out um, right. And there were, you know, there was kind of a real kind of community spirit with it. You know, people would help each other over walls. There was one point we were going through a really muddy bit, which was underneath the cargo net. There was a poor girl next to me going, I just can't do it anymore. And I just got hold of her arm and was like, come on, come with me. I don't know who you are and I've never met you before, but you're coming with me. Off we go. Um, and just kind of those, that kind of, those moments and things like that were really quite nice in it, which was good. Yeah. I really enjoyed those. Um, um, when I got to one of the six foot walls, I, I thought I would give it a try, see if I could do it. And I ran, jumped, and I just dangled with my arms. <laughs> and um, this guy, he was clearly part of a boot camp team, and he was carrying a flag. He said, Oh, the mudstickle guy. Do you, do you want to lift, mate? I said, Yeah, all right. I was, I was going to bottle it. I was going to walk around it because I couldn't do it. And he sort of basically gave me a leg up and lifted me over. And that's the sort of the spirit that seemed to happen all the way through it. If, if you were struggling, other people would give you a leg up. And, you know, it was everyone was helping each other. Yeah. Um, one of the obstacles that you haven't mentioned yet is a skip full of ice water. Ah, oh, the ice skip. The shivering me trainers. Yeah. Brilliant. Can't... Oh, my word. Brilliant. It was just just for a theatrical effect. The guy who was manning the, the obstacles was shoveling handfuls of ice into the water. As we were just getting... went, stop. Let me just refill. I was like, okay, hang on a second. What are you doing? And uh, we climbed up onto the hay bales, jumped into the skip, had to go under the water to get yeah. out the other side and back out the skip. And believe it or not, you jump in, you jump out, and it wasn't that cold. No. You know, it, it was chilly, but it wasn't that cold. And then it was when we were waiting for Stephen to come through as the third person, that ice water we seemed... We stood to... there, weren't we, going, come yeah. on, get a move on, hurry up, it's hot and cold, can you please move? Uh, yeah, that was really chilly. But it was it was good, you know, and we got off. I'm actually currently sat here in my rock solid t-shirt as we speak. My, I, I can my, imagine. My I can rock imagine. solid in training. And I did wear my black rock solid t-shirt to boot camp on uh, last week. And I was like, hello, look at me. I have, I, I, I've done a mud obstacle. I'm quite pleased with myself, uh, which is quite cool. But there were yeah. people who wore those t-shirts to do it. There were people who were dressed up as all sorts of stuff. I'm sure I saw a couple of minions at one point. There were some minions yep. running around. There were some people in tutus. I think there was turtles. Like, there was like some turtles. There was like, I think there was even some sort of unicorn or something at one point. I don't know. But there was loads of stuff. Um, with people dressed up and that sort of thing. But if you've never done one of these things and you fancy doing it, honestly, there are loads of them around you can go and do. They're really, really good fun. Rock Solid was amazing. I'm very, very tempted to be doing it again next year. I've got the bug now, which means I'm going to just basically be raising money for Cordwell Children forever. 
because I'm just gonna, <laughs> it's just never going to stop now. I'm just going to do all these things and raise loads, of, raise loads of money. But it was absolutely brilliant. Loved every second of it. If you do want to continue to sponsor, as you can do, justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. Um, sponsorship's still open because we've got other events that we're going to be doing. Fingers crossed we're going to have some more we're going to announce fairly soon, which we're going to be going doing as well. But just... Yeah. I've got the book now. I need. I, I need to sign up to more. And I need to go and do. Do you know what I should do? Brilliant. What's that? If we did the um, obviously I know next year we've got the Disneyland Paris half marathon yeah. coming up, and it would be similar sort of times to when this is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, yeah. It's about the same sort of weekend. So if if it wasn't the same weekend, you know, if it was a little bit earlier, we should do it all dressed as the Incredibles. Oh, how brilliant would that be? Red lycra costumes, which um. You know, I I've, I've got one of those like called body morph suits. Yes, which is that would be it's, it's like a light material. It would repel Let's do it. Let's do a mud obstacle dressed as the Incredibles. That would be incredible. And have a big team of people. Love it. That'd dressed. be great. There's a good idea. I like that idea. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> now in my head, I've got this idea of us all running around like the Incredibles. Which <laughs> are <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> <That'd> be awesome. <laughs> right, we'll have to look into that. But yeah, definitely, if you've never done one before and you do fancy doing one, you should. Are you, would you do another another one, Alan? Um, yeah, I'll do another one. Um, and, and even, I would potentially do a longer one than what we did last wow, time. Wow, okay. So you'd go longer than 10K? Yeah, I'll go longer than 10K. Okay, that sounds good. Right, well, anyway, if you want to join the Disney Running Team, you can. All you need to go is to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. You can sign up to our email, which is uh, uh, disneybrit.com forward slash DBRT. And, of course, you can still sponsor us, justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. Okay, that is everything for that. Uh, it's on to our last thing today, and you won't believe how many people are so pleased to be able to hear this piece of music again. We've had the summer off and we're bringing it back. It is Disney's ultimate attraction and we've got uh, eight more pairings which we thought we'd do today rather than four as we'd not done it for a little while. We'd bring them back from the summer and do eight pairings for the next particular round. And we've got some really, really juicy ones now. We're in the second round. We've got things that are going to be meeting each other that, you know, normally you would want to avoid. But we're at that point where we don't have any choice. So uh, let's go through what we've got today. We've got Main Street Electrical Parade versus the TTA People Mover. Haunted Mansion versus Prince Charming's Regal, Carousel, uh, Regal Carousel. Wilderness Explorers versus Fantasmic. Finding Nemo versus Carousel of Progress. Space Mountain versus The Great Movie Ride. Big Thunder Mountain versus Beauty and the Beast Live on Stage. Jungle Cruise versus The Tower of Terror. And Enchanted Tales of Bell versus Spaceship Earth. So they are our pairs for today. So let's start off with our first one then, Alan. Main Street Electrical Parade versus the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Which are you going for? Right, usually I'd, I'd sort of explain my reasons first and then say who I'm going to go for. I'm just going to go TTA. I want to keep. Which way around do we do it? Do we see which one we're going to which one? Which one you want to keep? I want to keep the TTA. And the reason for that is I don't think the Main Street Electrical Parade was that good. Ooh, controversial. What was Spectrum Magic? I think Spectrum Magic, yeah. I think that was more magical. It seemed to capture the spirit. It was, it was one of those parades where the music would start you feeling emotional, you know. It would get the hairs going on your neck. So I would prefer to keep TTA over Main Street Electrical Parade. So you're going TTA. 
Yeah, this is very interesting. Okay. So, let me think about this. Um, I really, I do like Main Street Electrical Parade. It is the original nighttime parade, and that is one of the things I really like about it. But there's, so, there is something about the TTA, and I don't know what it is about the TTA, but there's kind of like... It doesn't really do a lot. It just goes around Tomorrowland, and you get to see inside some of the attractions that you might ride a little bit later on, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But, but it doesn't do a massive amount. And, but yeah, it's still great, and people still love it. I'm torn. I'm genuinely torn on this one. I think the eternal optimists would look at the TTA and go, you know, this is the future of transport. Well, that was part of the idea, wasn't it? You know, and some of the similar sort of system to this was used in JFK Airport, I want to say. Possibly. And the, the whole maglev thing, you know, you launch roller coasters now. With you do now, yeah. So, you know, it was an important move. I am going to go TTA. Which means, according to the results that we've got here, it is a tie. <gasps> I know. Can you believe it? It is a tie between the two. Now, that means that we have to then go back to the original results before we even voted. And it means that, believe it or not, Main Street Electrical Parade goes through. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover goes out. Ooh. Can't believe that. That's amazing. We, we we disagree with our listeners. Yeah, we do. I, I can't really comment too far on that because obviously our listeners are always correct. Of course they are. Yes, they're always correct. Um, okay, next one then is the Haunted Mansion versus the Prince Charming Regal Carousel. So for those people who don't know what it is, the Haunted Mansion is a dark ride set in Liberty Square and uh, it takes you on a trip through the old mansion which... Um, it's supposedly owned by Master Gracie or not owned by Master Gracie, we don't know. And uh, you get to see lots of uh, 999 happy haunts, loads of ghosts, and um, it's kind of based upon um, a concept by Roller Crump and Walt Disney, etc. And that comes up against the Prince Charming Regal Carousel, which is pretty much a carousel in the courtyard by um, Cinderella's castle. They're basically see, the two. See, you tried to explain it and you were trying to flourish it up a bit. Yeah. But you could... The best you could describe it was a carousel, and then you had to describe its surroundings. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it is. It's just a carousel. You get on a horse, you go up and down, you get off. That's it. Um, there's there's no question here as to what's going to happen with this. For me, it's Haunted Mansion all the way. You know, I can go on a, a carousel anywhere in the world if I wanted to. Well, not anywhere in the world. That's probably a slight exaggeration. But um, Haunted Mansion is one of my favourite attractions, and there's no way in a million years I'm going to vote for a carousel over Haunted Mansion. So, um, it's Haunted Mansion for me, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I, I would, you know, if, if you were a true Disney fan, Adam, you'd yeah. go, well, you know, the, the horse carriage was what um, inspired Walt to have a theme park. For the well, well, yes, it was. It was, and it was without, without the, the park, horse yeah. carousel, you know, all this may not have happened. This is true. Oh, however, I've got to agree with you, it's just a carousel. <laughs> you can't really, you can't really <laughs> then say... Uh, yeah, but then it, it's going to, because of the history of Walt and his thing for uh, carousels, therefore it beats Haunted Mansion. It just doesn't. And the good news is, for the first time ever, I think, 
uh, one of them got zero. The Regal Excellent. Carousel did not get a single vote, and every single person voted for Haunted Mansion, which is crazy, actually, because there's a hell of a lot of votes for Haunted Mansion, and nobody mm. voted for, for Regal Carousel, which is brilliant. I'm so pleased, because if somebody had voted for the Regal Carousel over Haunted Mansion, there was going to be hell to pay. I was going to find out who that person was, and I'm going to hunt them down. No, you weren't, because we never can find them no, out. No, we can never find them out, but you know, you know what I mean. No, maybe we can. Maybe there's a way. Yeah. Okay, moving to our third pair, which is the Wilderness Explorers versus Phantasmic. So, Alan, Wilderness Explorers is uh, the uh, activity you can have a go at inside the Animal Kingdom, where you um, you basically uh, have a little booklet, and you can go around to different points all the way through the park, and you can uh, answer questions, earn stamps and stickers, and become a Wilderness Explorer. And that comes up against Fantasmic, which uh, is a nighttime spectacular inside Hollywood Studios. It's nightly. It's all to do with Mickey and his imagination and the villain's nightmares. And uh, it's a mixture of kind of water projections, live characters and fireworks. So which one are you going for? Um, well, up, up until this year, I'd never experienced Wilderness Explorers. Right, okay. And I, I love the concept of it, you know, getting kids involved with going around asking questions and finding out information and... I don't. It's it's that edutainment thing that used to be at Disney World, which yeah. doesn't seem to be there as much now. And you know, it's it's a great idea. And we tried to complete our book, but we got nowhere near completing it because you'd miss one of the stations out, and you'd have to work your way around the whole park to find it. Yeah. And um, you know, we, we've got half a completed book, and the kids absolutely loved it. And I learned stuff. You know, I, I learned a little fact. Yeah, I yeah, I did as well. I don't know if I've told you my fact. Um, it is that um, what sort of material is bamboo? Um, the old bamboo. Yeah. The old bamboo. You know what? What sort of material would you class it as? It's well, you would class it as wood. Yeah. Now the difference between bamboo and trees, which is obviously where you get wood, is now once you cut down a tree, it doesn't grow back. However, bamboo is actually a grass. Oh. So when you cut it, it grows back, and then it's a sustainable source of building material. Welcome are. to the Education Half Hour with Alan Hooper. Uh, that's very good. I'm not going to bore you with my story about bees and elephants, elephants. and crops. I think I've done that one before, haven't I? Um, I, I don't know. But, yes, I think you have, actually. They also talk that about the Wild Africa Trek. I can't even say these words. You, what's going on with words today? I can't do words. And Fantasmic. Now, I loved Fantasmic. You know, there was something about Fantasmic that was great fun. However, the, when you've seen it three times, four times, I personally start to think, well, hang on. Halfway through the show, all you see is a lot of projection onto a big mist of water, which is quite blurry at best of times. Then if the wind's blowing the wrong way, you, it's even blurrier and you're getting wet. And I thought, it's not actually that great this time when I saw it. You know, we, we, we sat there in the rain watching it. Yeah. For the last show of the night. And I thought, I'm, I, I wouldn't miss this. So, you know, if I'm choosing one to keep, it's Wilderness Explorers. And I hope they expand it even further. So you're going to go for Wilderness Explorers? Yeah. Are you genuinely going for Wilderness Explorers over Fantasmic? I am, yes. Okay. I just think that, you know, the concept of exciting children to find out more information about their natural environments and the cultures around them is, yeah. is 
That's what it's all about. You know, if you can inspire okay. kids to start learning, brilliant. Okay, right. So, um, for a, for a brief second, for a brief moment, um, I did have a dilemma as to what to go for. The thing is, Fantasmic is one of my favourite evening shows. Uh, always has been. But at the same time, I love Wilderness Explorers. And the reason I love Wilderness Explorers is not because I think it's anything amazingly unique for a Disney park, because we have a lot of these sort of treasure hunt star things. There's currently a Remy one happening as part of Food and Wine. They had one for the cars, for the, um, the Flower and Garden a few years ago. What I like about it is it's unique to kind of Disney. I don't think I've been to any other theme parks where we've got this sort of thing. I, I, and I, I'm talking about, not talking about Florida theme parks here. I'm talking about theme parks kind of in the UK. Obviously in Universal, you've got the Harry Potter ones and those bits and pieces. But I'm trying to think, I've, I've never been to a theme park in the UK, Thought Park, Alton Towers, those sort of things, where there's been any sort of kind of interactive treasure hunt style thing for the kids. Am I wrong in thinking that? Um, I'll be honest, I don't think I've seen anything. No, I'm really struggling. So I like the fact that that's quite unique. It's something a little bit different and it's something that Disney have taken a lot of time and a lot of care over creating. Without a shadow of a doubt, Wilderness Explorer has, has, has taken a lot of work to do. But at the same time, Wilderness Explorers doesn't give me the same feeling as watching Fantasmic does. And it gives me goosebumps every time I see it. And the music is phenomenal. The show is phenomenal. The scale of the show is amazing. Um, the point where Mickey Mouse appears on top of that mountain with the music. It just... Uh, you can't beat it. So I'm going I'm going Fantasmic. I can't honestly go for Wilderness Explorers over Fantasmic. I do understand the reasons why you've done it. And apparently yeah. one other person also understands the reason why you've done it. So there's two of you sat there's two of you sat in the corner of the pub on your own having a drink, talking about it, while everybody else is in the Fantasmic corner talking to me. because uh, Fantasmic well and truly wiped the floor with Wilderness Explorers. Well, so, well you see that that's what Wilderness Explorers is all about, is that personal touch. <laughs> Just the two of you. Yeah. You, you go into small group to see the <laughs> Okay. Nice try. Um, right, let's go to the next one then. It is uh, Finding Nemo the Musical versus Carousel of Progress. So, Finding Nemo the Musical was a brand new musical written specifically for the Disney parks. It exists in Animal Kingdom and uh, it's performed several times during the day. It's on a pretty big scale and contains a number of songs that are, well, pretty much all the songs are new just for this particular stage show. That comes up against Carousel of Progress, which is an attraction that was built for the 1964-65 World's Fair by Walt Disney himself. And the idea is you sit in a theatre that revolves around a series of stages that show the progress of humans, the progress of technology, the progress of kind of our lifestyle from the very, very early sort of 1800s time all the way up to present day. Um, it has numerous times been rumored to have been put on the chopping block and to be disappearing but it is still there and living today so uh, finding nemo versus carousel of progress tricky this now this one is tricky now we will we can talk about disney history here and this is obviously one of the attractions in the park that was built designed created by walt disney himself um my problem with carousel of progress is the fact that you know the the history scenes are fine the history never changes but i still have a massive problem with the future scene you know when grandma sat there sat there with her virtual reality helmet on playing a game that looks like the 
the graphics from it were created from sliced up bits of what wasn't used in the original Tron yeah. um, is a problem. Um, the setting is old, the kind of technology they're using is old, and that for me, that bit, that was the bit that Disney didn't create. That was the bit that was updated, and that's the bit for me that f that fails miserably in this show. Admittedly, it is also one of Harry's favourites. He absolutely loves the Carousel of Progress. I don't know why, but I know he absolutely loves Carousel of Progress. Um, that comes up against Finding Nemo the Musical, which I think the, the show is stunning. I think the music is absolutely fantastic. I love the way they've kind of seamlessly blended in all these new songs with the original story and the way they've used all the puppetry in order to create all of the characters from Finding Nemo. Um, but I'm struck, I, I'm, as much as I love Finding Nemo, I'm struggling to go against the Disney original. Hmm. That's my, my dilemma here. Do I go for musical, contemporary against Walt Disney's classic? And I'm really struggling. And I really... And do you know... Mm, ah, I don't know. Do you know what? For... For the... La, for the, the... What the final scene lets it down a Carousel of Progress. I'm going Finding Nemo. Okay. Right, where are you going for? I understand that. Um, well, as as you say, yeah, you know, the Carousel of Progress is talking about the progress of technology, and the only bit of technology that doesn't seem to advance very much in that is the animatronics. Yeah. Um, they are very wooden in terms of puppetry, and I can't get beyond that. Now, we took our daughter Midgen on it this year. She's been on it before, but. You know, before she just looked at it and didn't... She thought they were actors for some reason. And this year, as it, the um, building was revolving, she couldn't work out how the doors were following us. And she said, but there's more doors over there. Every time that you would see the, the walls pass each other. Yeah. And it really, really confused her. But the fact that it confused her, to me, was about... I don't know, it, she was questioning what was happening. You know, trying to work out what was going on. And that, to me, is important in children. Sort of questioning what was going on rather than just taking it for granted. Yeah. That what you see is fact. So, you know, previously when she was younger, she believed they were actors on the stage. But now she's starting to question what is happening behind that latex face. <laughs> I don't want to talk, um, ruin the illusion there. But it's, yeah. it's, 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 it is dated. It is... It could do with a lot more of an update, but I would like to see it totally updated with new technology to make them characters look a lot more modern. Or they could do in the first scene, they could talk about how Waltz created the idea of the animatronics, you know, make it a bit more of a progress of, of Walt rather than the sort of progress of uh, society. Yeah. Okay. Um, Finding Nemo in the Musical, on the other hand, you know, I, I've, I've got to watch that every time I go. The only reason to do Carousel of Progress is because there's never a queue. And there's always plenty of room between the seats. Yes. You know, you can have a spare seat either side of you, and there's never going to be told to shuffle along. However, Finding Nemo in the Musical, you have to shuffle along to fill up every single bit of space. This is true. And there is a reason for that, and that is because it is amazing. So that's what I'm going for. So you going Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo the With me. Well, believe it or not, we've both gone against everyone else. 
Oh, you're joking. Carousel of Progress has beaten Finding Nemo in the Musical. Even with our votes, Carousel of Progress beats Finding Nemo in the Musical. With our votes, it only beats it by two, but it still beats it. So Carousel of Progress goes through. And fi I'm, I'm gutted, actually. <laughs> Finding Nemo in the Musical has gone out. That's the first one where I've gone. That. That's the first one where I've gone. Oh, really? really Normally, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's fine. But that's the first one where I'm actually genuinely gutted that that's gone out. Damn it. Okay, next one then. This Now, this is a tricky one. Um, really, really tricky one. Space Mountain versus The Great Movie Ride. So, Space Mountain versus The Great Movie Ride. Alan starts off. I'm, saying, I'm just writing this down to remember what the instructions were. So let's just go through what they are then. So Space Mountain is the, an indoor roller coaster. It's got two. It's got Alpha and Omega, which are the two different tracks that are inside. It's the first roller coaster ever to have been designed by computer. Um, it does not contain any particularly big drops, but it goes at about 30, just over 30 miles an hour. But it feels obviously a lot darker, cause you're, uh, a lot faster because you're in the dark. That goes up against the Great Movie Ride, which is a lengthy attraction. It's about 25 minutes-ish, I think it is, um, which takes you on a journey through the history of movies, uh, start right at the very beginning with the Busby Berkeleys and all that sort of stuff and goes all the way through to your bigger blockbusters like your Alien and Indiana Jones and that sort of stuff and then ends with a big kind of montage of loads of films that uh, you will have seen from present day and, and from the past as well um, two very different attractions two arguably classics within the Disney world and it means one of these classics is going out, the question is which one Alan? Um. Right okay well Space Mountain itself isn't an amazing ride. I've, I have only been on it once because every time I try to go on it, it is broken down. And it is one of these attractions that seems to break down quite often. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, whereas the Great Movie Ride is quite unique, the fact that it is a ride through the films of history. Yeah. But in reality, is it that different to... I don't know, the Universe of Energy, whatever it's called. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Universe of Energy, you're right. Um, you know, it's, you're sitting in a big truck going around a load of sets. I would like to have seen it kept up to date. You know, some of the films that are on there now, Tarzan, for example. My kids don't know what Tarzan is. No. Um, my kids don't even know what um, Tarzan the Disney cartoon was. Um, as probably a lot of other people. Um, so, you know, I, I think to keep these attractions in place, you've got to keep them up to date or make them totally unique that they don't actually reference any films at all. Mm. You know, you, you could have, the attraction itself could have been riding through the genres of films where, for example, you're going through a horror film and you could actually feel as though you're part of that horror film. Yeah. Or you're going through the adventure film and you feel as though you're on an adventure rather than looking for Indiana Jones. Um, likewise with any sci-fi parts, you know, there's, there's ways that they could have approached it without paying for all the royalties of the films that they put in there. But unfortunately, they had to because they felt that was part of the draw of it. So, you know, I'm, to, me, to me, it's, although these attractions have come through towards the end, I'm like, well, given the option, I'll get rid of both of them. Wow, okay. That's a statement and a half. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see what the big draw is. But you so, know, as, on, as the game goes, we've got to choose one. Yeah. So I'll choose um, Great Movie Ride to keep. Okay, Great Movie Ride to keep. Fine. Okay. Right. So um, 
two tricky ones again. Uh, Space Mountain, as I said, already got a few firsts in there with it being the first computer-created attraction. It was designed on the back of a napkin uh, by John Hench. Um, well, at least the outside was. The Great Movie Ride, again, unique, clever attraction. I think when it first opened, it was very current, and a lot of the attractions, a lot of the scenes inside were very of the time and worked very, very well. Um, very much in the same way of Carousel of Progress, the fact that that final scene was is outdated. I think much of the Great Movie Ride is outdated. If we look at a lot of the films that are in there. Um, there's a lot of children who just don't understand what they are. You know, you talk about Wizard of Oz, for example, which is a great scene. I like the idea, but how many children these days have seen the Wizard of Oz? Uh, we look at, um, as you've already mentioned, Tarzan. Mm, okay, so we've got Tarzan there. And then we've got things like your musicals. When they go through your musical scene, you know, have we actually got the most up-to-date or best ideas for musicals in there? You've also got, um, a little bit later on, You've kind of got your gangster stuff and that sort of thing. That's fine. But I think there's sort of genres of film that are missing now that maybe should be in there. The horror movie section or the scary thriller section is Alien. Alien, you know, they've not made an Alien movie for years. And again, does anybody understand what that is or not? Not particularly. I think that the problem with The Great Movie Ride is purely the fact that the majority of the references in it are now so outdated that the majority of the people who go to Walt Disney World who are younger than us don't understand what they are or don't get what they are or don't understand the references. Um, I think that's all with... Question. Sorry? Without question. You know, and I think that's a big issue for me that that attraction is is really just been left. And they've added TCM to it to try and give it that retro classic feel, but equally, it does, that doesn't appeal to the mass market. Whereas Space Mountain does, you know, it doesn't have anything that's outdated, it doesn't have anything in it that actually makes you feel like you don't understand the concept of what is going on. I think it's a clever attraction, it does make you feel like you're going much, much faster than you actually are. Um, and if I was to choose the two, which one would I be most upset about not riding while I was there? Space Mountain because the great movie ride I think is, is outdated enough that it doesn't really make any difference if it was there or not mm. so I'm going Space Mountain and you've gone great movie ride yeah Space the, the Mountain come on the other thing that I would say about Space Mountain versus Spaceship Earth is to be fair when you go to Hollywood Studios and more so over the next few months mm. it's not a lot of attractions left no, you know if you, if you got rid of Great Movie Ride, as well, what are you yeah, going to go? Not, you just go for a walk around. It's like <laughs> Cypress Gardens, just with a Hollywood theme. Um, yeah. Space Mountain wins only again by two votes, but Space Mountain wins. So oh, Space dear. Mountain goes through, and that means we say goodbye to the Great Movie Ride. Right, we've got three more to go. So uh, next one, then this one is should be fairly easy. Big Thunder Mountain versus Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Um, okay, so I'll start off with this one. Beauty and the Beast live on stage. Okay, uh, the, originally when it first came out, it was when Beauty and the Beast was popular. I understand why they did it. It was fine because we'd watch it and we go, oh, it's lovely to see Beauty and the Beast as a live show, and we can go and see it in this massive theatre. Then Disney created Beauty and the Beast the West End and Broadway version, which blew everybody away. And then you go back and see the Hollywood Studios version, you go, oh, yeah. it's just like a theme park version, really, isn't it? I always thought the best thing about the Beauty and the Beast live on stage was the warm-up act, Four for a Dollar, who were sacked. And then they never really replaced them with anything decent. Um, 
so I would like I quite like enjoyed watching Four for a Dollar, but I wasn't necessarily so much of a fan of watching Beauty and the Beast live on stage. It's a lovely show. There is nothing wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. You know, uh, for those people who are into their kind of um, princesses and their kind of classic Disney things, it's a nice little show to go and remind yourself of Beauty and the Beast. But it's by far from a classic, and I think my problem with it is it takes up so much space in the park, which something else could go into. Um, and it's been there such a long time that it's not necessarily got the, the appeal that it used to have. The other problem I've got is it comes up against what is arguably one of the classics of Walt Disney World, and that is Big Thunder Mountain, which um, is a brilliant coaster. It's um, it's a unique attraction in the fact that it's one of the few in rides in Disney which um, you can ride twice in a day and get a different experience so you go in the day you go at night and you get a completely different experience um depending on when it is that you go and also you get at different speeds depending on the heat and things like that as well so it's it's unique in the sense that it was something new when it first came out and it's very cleverly themed it's got some really great effects in it and i think will withstand the test of time over beauty and the beast live on stage so for that fact i am going big thunder mountain Okay, I'll, um, I'm going to go exactly the same as you, to be honest here, Adam. Um, because, as you say, Beauty and the Beast, it's not unique. You know, you can see better nearer to your house Yeah. Um, as it tours around the country. And But Big Thunder Mountain, I think, is a classic. I would like to see the as an update on the ride now that we've had the update on the queue section. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, Big Thunder Mountain is what it is. It's a, it's a good world ride of a roller coaster in a mine train. Yeah, so you're think the words there. So you're going Big Thunder. Yeah. Well, it turns out that everybody, bar two people, also went for Big Thunder Mountain. Who are these two people who thought Beauty and the Beast live on stage was better than Big Thunder Mountain? Uh, Bell and Gaston. That's <laughs> who it was. It was just it was two cast members from Beauty and the Beast live on stage because yeah. there's a chance that if it gets voted out, they might lose their jobs. Um, yeah. I just don't get how you can make Beauty and the Beast live on stage better than Big Thunder Mountain. It's just, there's just no logic there at all. And that laser, just made me mad. Laser-gated sharks. It's either that or someone's got a really bad trigger finger with their mouse and pressed completely the wrong button. Um, yeah. But a, a, it's like I'm pointless. Those people are pointless when there's, it's a really obvious answer that, and there's no way in a million years nobody knows it. And it, and it gets 98 instead of 100. And yeah. you're like, how have two people got that answer wrong? That's basically what this is like. But we're all valid, you know, we're all allowed Everyone's our own got their opinion. own opinion. That's fine. Everyone's got their own opinion, but I just don't get that. Anyway, so um, Big Thunder goes through and Beauty and the Beast live on stage goes out. Okay, here is possibly the biggest pairing of the night. It's Jungle Cruise versus the Tower of Terror. Okay. Old classic versus modern classic. So Jungle Cruise and Tower of Terror, for those of you who don't know, Jungle Cruise is a cruise on a boat which is led by a jungle skipper through the uh, rivers of the world. They have really poor cheesy jokes which are told to you all the way through it. You get to see animatronic um, animals as you go through and um, the whole thing is sort of brought together by that skipper and made this kind of entertaining cruise. That comes up against the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror which is a basically drop tower but with a theme of an old hotel which on Halloween was struck, uh, one of the lifts was struck by lightning full of people and the lift dropped down through the lift shaft and the idea is you're getting into a service elevator into the hotel that's been reopened and the same sort of thing happens to you you pull down faster than gravity um so it's jungle cruise versus twilight zone tower of tower that's easy 
for you it is. You're going Jungle Cruise, aren't you? Yeah, because who in their right mind would want to plummet in lift from such a height? Because Not once, but twice actually, or thrice. Because it's actually good fun. Um, However, I would say the Jungle Cruise should be updated. Yes, it should be updated. Well, originally when they built the Jungle Cruise, I think when Walt Disney first came up with the idea for it at Disneyland, he actually wanted live animals in it. I, I would love to see, right? And I, I thought in my mind, you know, when you go to this Savannah Safari at Animal Kingdom, this is what they should have done with animatronics. You know, you go past a certain area, a bit like what they do at um, Disneyland Paris on yeah. the Pirates of the Caribbean. On one, when you go around in the boat, all of a sudden someone swings across the top of the boat. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, what's going on there? It should have something very similar with an animal leaping at you. Okay. So it gets catch you out the corner of your eye. Yeah. And it, it could be like a, a leopard or something like that. You know, it jumps and gets close to the boat and lets splash in the water. They could work out how to do it. Yeah, there'd be a way they can do that. So you're going you Jungle that. Cruise? Yeah, I'm going Jungle Cruise. I think that's the way forward. Okay. That's fine. Um, I think I'm going to surprise people here. I'm going Tower of Terror. And the reason it doesn't surprise you. What, not even no. after our confessions um, episode where I said I'm scared to death of Tower of Terror. Um, the reason I'm going Tower of Terror is because I, I think, as you said, Jungle Cruise does need updating. I, I love the idea of the Jungle Skippers and the cheesy jokes and how corny it is and how it's supposed to be terrible on purpose. My problem is that I think I've, in the past few times I've been on, the skippers I've had have not necessarily been as good as they've been in the past. And I think the jokes, from a personal point of view, I've heard a million times now and there's nothing massively new in there. And I don't, like, and, and I think there's a mixture of the jokes not being new and the jungle skippers not being as good as they used to be for me. Um, I don't know whether this is just because it's it's a bit tired now and we know it, or whether it's the way Disney maybe are training skippers now. I don't know. And whether it's Disney being more strict with what they can and cannot say, that's possible. But I don't think it's quite got the same spark as it used to have. I'm in, I'd am be interested to see what happens to it when they open the new, when the skipper canteen kind of really takes off. And whether or not that the humour from there kind of reignites what happens in the Jungle Cruise, I don't know. But for me, the Tower of Terror, the whole storyline, the whole setting, the whole scenario, the effects, the whole lot is, is far superior in the Tower of Terror. And the experience you get on the Tower of Terror, I think, for me, yeah, it's better than it is necessarily on the Jungle Cruise. So I'm going to go for Tower of Terror instead of Jungle Cruise. Um, again, it doesn't make any difference. Tower of Terror goes through and knocks out the Jungle Cruise. I know, an absolute classic has gone out. Tower of Terror has now gone through. So, um, if if this was real life, yeah, there's another ride I can't go on. Is this just real life, or is this fantasy? Caught in a landslide, you know. Apparently so. Anyway, um, final pairings then. It is Enchanted Tales with Belle up against Spaceship Earth. So. Um, uh, let me start then. So Enchanted Tales with Belle. I experienced it for the first time last year. I've never been before because I don't have little princesses to take with me. Um, and I, I always talk about this, don't I? Um, 
so we hadn't done it before. We decided we were going to go and do it because it was in a new venue and we were going to go and experience it. And it was pleasant. Really enjoyed it. Uh, again, won't go back into the fact they didn't really get to see much of it because I was dragged into it. But uh, yeah. I think the way that they do it all, the kind of pre-show stuff and all of those bits and pieces, I think really add to it and make it really, really good and make it really effective. That, though, having said that, comes up against Spaceship Earth, which is an all-time classic attraction. It's not what it used to be. Judy Dench is no Jeremy Irons, no Walter Cronkite, but I still think her narration is good. I still think the attraction is good. And if we go back to that education thing that you were talking about earlier, Alan, this yep. does exactly that, you know, and it allows you to really understand the history of communication. Enchanted Towers of Bell um, isn't going to be isn't a classic. It's not going to be there forever. It's it's not going to again stand the test of time. I don't think. But Spaceship Earth will, and Spaceship Earth won't go anywhere. So for me, Spaceship Earth goes through over Enchanted Towers of Bell. Well, I think there's two things to bear in mind with Spaceship Earth. One is the big golf ball. Yeah. Now, what would Epcot be without that big golf ball? Or well, geodesic spear. Spear? Geodesic spear. Yeah, it's one of those That's, as well. It's quite a round spear. Yes, it's a very round spear. Um, so I think it would change the face of the way that Epcot is. And I think that's one of the things that sets you up for Epcot about the sort of the science side of it. It looks like a science park because of that. Yeah. Um, Enchanted Tales of Bell is pretty good for, for what it is. You know, a recreation of the story of bells at the priest's castle the story itself isn't the best but the experience of going through the the house the cottage the magic mirror sort of meeting um lumiere etc that is quite clever and quite fun yeah going back to spaceship earth they, they did update it and sort of moved it forward in the technology and this there are some good bits there and um, good bits about the updated history with um What's it called? Steve Jobs and yeah. the Mac. Um, even though it's a subtle thing and it's meant to represent all computer technology people, it's clearly a nod to him, I think. Um, yeah, well, well nobody's officially confirmed that that is the case, but it's fairly likely that that is the case. Is, is it like even an apple with a bite chunk out of it? Yes, there might be, I think. You know, it's, it, it's, it's good that the fact that they've brought it up to date... But at the same time, it is it is just these animatronics that are quite, I don't know, they're they're a bit like it's a small world, you know. It's just a loop of an action. Yeah. Whereas they could spend a lot more money on it, and it would be ridiculously expensive. But they could have it so that you never actually see the same action twice. Yeah. You know, even even the guy that's painting or whatever, you you, you see him painting the same spot five or six times by the time you've gone past it. Yeah. Um. So what would I choose? I think it's got to be Spaceship Earth, even though that Bell's storybook, Bell, whatever it's called, is Enchanted Towers of Bell. That's the one, you know. I, I think I don't know. I think it's it's all right, but it's not great. It's it's a hard one. It's a hard one to choose, but I'm going Epcot. So you Spaceship are going Spaceship Earth. Yeah. Well. Most people agreed with us. Only a few thought Enchanted Tales of Bell was better, but most agreed with us and decided that yes, in fact, Spaceship Earth is better and does go through to the next round. So that means that we send through Spaceship Earth and we say goodbye to Enchanted Tales with Bell. Okay, so they are the ones that go through. So this week 
Going through to the next round are Space Mountain, Walt Disney's Carousel of Pro Progress, Fantasmic, Haunted Mansion, Main Street Electrical Parade, Big Thunder Mountain, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, and Spaceship Earth. The list is ever growing. We've got four more pairs that are going to come through and they're going to appear on our Facebook page this week, which you're going to be able to vote on for a couple of weeks' time. They are going to be the following. It is... Test Track versus Dumbo, the Flying Elephant. Cinderella Castle versus Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin. It's a Small World versus Festival of the Lion King. And Country Bear Jamboree versus Expedition Everest. So they very are the next Very similarly matched rides there. Some very similarly matched rides, yeah. Test Track and Dumbo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so they are the four that are going to be going up. And uh, we've uh, just to tell you who is now through to the next round, it's Pirates of the Caribbean, Festival of the Fantasy Parade, Kilimanjaro Safaris, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, Carousel of Progress, Fantasmic, Haunted Mansion, Main Street Electrical Parade, Big Thunder Mountain, Twilight Zone, Tower of Terror, and Spaceship Earth. So they're the ones that are through so far. So next round is just going to be absolute carnage. Goodness knows who's going to end up against who, but we will do that a little bit later on. So we've got another two more sessions of this next round before we then go around to round three and we decide to whittle them down a little bit further. But uh, there you go. That is all of the different pairs for this week. And because we've done that, it now means it's the end of the show, which means it's time for this. Yay. We all love this music, don't we? It's fine. Very good. Well, anyway, thank you for joining us, as always. Thank you, Alan. And uh, no problem, anytime. If you want to continue to follow us, then you can do. Go to a Twitter. It's at Disney Brit. If you want to go to Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Disney Brit Podcast. And, of course, you can also go to our Disney Brit Running Team group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. You can continue to sponsor us and sponsor us for the, the Rock Solid that we've just done, uh, which is over at justgiving.com forward slash Disney Brit Running Team. You can uh, email us at radio at disneybrit.com with any comments, questions, suggestions anything at all you want to talk to us about please do and people do send us messages on facebook and things like that as well which is great um we have got our next show which is the disney brit bite size that'll be back next week for you to enjoy um have i, well, have I missed anything that seemed really quick like i've missed something out completely i don't think i have um I don't know, I think you've got everything. I think I've got everything as normal, which is good. So uh, thank you, Isaiah, for joining us all. And uh, we will see you next week for a Disney Brit Bite Size. If Don't forget to go to our Facebook page and to vote for the next set of Disney's Ultimate Attraction. Because, uh, like we say, it is you guys, not us, that decides because we want it to be something that you come up with. And hopefully, very, very soon, we'll find out what Disney's Ultimate Attraction is, according to you guys. But until then, next week, we'll see ya. <laughs>